Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Whose Health Is It Anyway? with me, Elizabeth Mills. I've been wanting to do an episode about alopecia for a while now, I myself being someone who lives with it. I had decided initially I was going to speak with a group of people and then condense it all into one episode. But after I spoke with everybody individually, uh, it just kind of occurred to me that each story is so unique and they each deserve their time to be heard and share their stories. So I decided instead to do a bit of a series uh, highlighting each individual story because everybody's journey is unique and different uh, with different highs and different lows. My first guest living with alopecia is Elise Feldman. Elise is a publicist working mainly in the entertainment industry. She runs a company called On The Fly Public Relations. She's also a certified life coach. Elise lives with a cancer called cutaneous T-cell lymphoma. She also has dermatitis and, of course, alopecia. We had such a great conversation. Thank you, Elise, for sharing your story. Thank you all for your love and support. Till we meet again. So, Elise, we had a conversation a little bit ago just because I, I want, you know, I wanted to get to know some of you guys. And um, before we jumped into this, just so that you guys could feel a little bit more comfortable with me as well. Right. Because who, who am I? Right? <laughs> so when we talked, we, we kind of talked a little bit about um, your story. Um, I can't remember exactly when when was it that you were diagnosed with the alopecia specifically? So, well, the alopecia kind of came as a result of like kind of all my other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So that just started, um, well, I started losing the hair on my head in February, 20, 2019. Mm -hmm. So exactly two years ago, basically is when the hair on my head started falling out. But I think it's the hair on my body actually started falling out um, a little sooner than that, mm -hmm. um, which was probably like, December 2018 when I was like in the shower and noticed that I hadn't shaved my underarms in a while right right so yeah but the, the like sort of the big noticeable clump of hair mm -hmm. happened uh February 2019 when I was in Cuba actually right and that was I because I know we talked a little bit about your cancer diagnosis as well mm -hmm. um and you had it since about 2018 I believe you, or sorry 2008 I think you had said yeah, so the, I, the first spot that I noticed on my body, so the type of cancer I have is cutaneous T-cell lymphoma. Um, so it is a, a lymphoma, which is a blood cancer, but it actually presents in my skin. Um, and so the first spot that I noticed on my stomach, kind of just beside my belly button, it was like a round little brown circle, maybe the size of like a quarter. And I noticed that in um, 20, uh, 2008, um, but it is a slow progressing cancer and it didn't actually show up on any tests until July of 2016. So that's when I was officially diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so they, have they told you that the alopecia is a result of just like your immune system? I guess, is, uh, it, is it diagnosed as a, an autoimmune, a specific autoimmune issue that caused the alopecia or do they just relate it to all the issues that you yeah, they never really specifically diagnosed it in connection with anything. Mm -hmm. um, I it was I, I started taking methotrexate in November of 2018, and hair loss is um, a side effect. And so initially, when the hair started falling out, 
I, you know, not that I didn't think that much of it, but I knew that it was a side effect. Mm -hmm. So, um, in February, when I noticed the big clump and then I, like I said, I was on vacation in um, Cuba. So when I came back and I went to the doctor, um, I stopped taking the methotrexate and kind of, you know, assumed that my hair would start coming back once it was out of my system, but that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of June, um, 2019, I had no hair anywhere at all in my body. Um, so that was interesting. (laughs) And I think with most, with most people that I talk to as well, it's, um, that kind of story. It's like, the diagnosis of alopecia is, is like just the beginning and it actually brings with it no answers really. It's, it just kind of is like you have hair loss, you know, or you're losing your hair. Um, yeah. but the, the root core of what is causing it seems to be for, uh, for most people anyway, not all, I'm not going to go assume, you know, but, uh, for a lot of people that I've talked to anyway, um, still yeah. not much of an answer. Well, I think for me, you know, there was so much you know, I've, I've realized, you know, as being part of like the alopecia community on Facebook, and I've um, got a lot of alopecia, other, you know, people that I follow mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram. And I've noticed that, you know, I don't always connect with the stories. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I had so much going on health wise, mm-hmm. that it was like the hair loss was like really just another like some uh, something else on the to add on to everything else where it was just like are you serious like come on like another yeah. thing yeah and, and that's where yours really stood out to me and I remembered that actually talking to you because of yeah. all the conversations you were kind of like whatever you know like you were just kind of like I accepted it because you were at a point where you just thought what's new like add something else to the mix you know and I'm very familiar <laughs> with that feeling as well so, yeah yeah at certain points yeah yeah, you know, and, and it's it's just funny, you know, like when we first got on and you commented about my hair growing a little bit, and, you know, but you can really see like, I mean, uh, and like I said, I told you I would send you some pictures, which I haven't done yet of mm-hmm. like sort of the progress of everything because I have a ton of pictures and I posted a couple of pictures the other day of, of my hair and it was big and red and there was a lot of it mm-hmm. and, you know, to go and I mean, my natural hair color was dirty blonde. Uh, but I had been dying it red for a number of years mm-hmm. and, um, you know, to go from that to having like, the, you know, like the patches that I'm having now where you can clearly see that there's not a lot of hair growing in certain areas. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so weird. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, I don't even, you know, and it's, I think I didn't really have, like I said, like the same type of mourning period that everybody else kind of had. Right. So I kind of gone through, you know, I've been trying to clean, um, you know, purge some stuff and clean my house and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, I had some moments going through my hair products because I'm not really ready to let them go. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm ever going to need this stuff again, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I, I think the morning that I didn't really have before was kind of happening, you know, just like a couple of weeks ago when I was right. looking at my hair dry, I have two hair dryers and not enough hair to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And looking at them, like, I, I don't even know, you know, so it's been, it's been a weird, it's been a weird process. I think like, I hung on to like a frizz cream or something too. And I was like, I just, I yeah, just need this. Right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you know, I could totally relate. 
um, like curly girl spray or something that I have. And I love how it smells. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I think I want to hold on to this one. Like of all the things I want this one. Yeah. And that, I guess that's such a, um, a thing for anyone, like just showing how everyone's journey is different because yeah, you can probably go 20 years and think like, I'm okay with this, you know, I coped. And then all of a sudden it just hits you or something happens and something hits you, you know? And so I always think like one thing I've learned is encouraging people to um, be open to that so that if it does come, it's not, you know, yeah. this overwhelming shock because it can be. Yeah. And I think it's just embracing all of the feelings, like whatever you feel in that moment is okay. You know, and there's been a lot of talk, um, especially on, on Instagram about all these bald pranks that have been happening lately. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. Good to know. I didn't know this. Yeah. yeah, um, There's been a few like really big TikTok, TikTokers that are doing these bald pranks and putting on bald caps and like freaking out that like, their hair fell out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people in the alopecia community are really upset about it. Yeah. Um, You know, again, it's like, I have mixed feelings about it because I can see how people don't really get, you know, look, we're women. Of course, there's a lot of stuff connected to our hair. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is a traumatic thing. It is, you know, you have to kind of like, I definitely, you know, that I, I think I told you this when we initially talked that when I was in my early to mid twenties, you know, I'd always had super long hair and I chopped it to like just above my shoulders and felt like I cut my femininity off, mm-hmm. you know, being five, nine and, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not overweight, but I'm not like paper thin either Mm -hmm. so just always feeling kind of like a giant especially compared to you know some like certain guys growing up in school and things like that Mm -hmm. so it always felt like my femininity was in my long hair Mm -hmm. and to cut that off and then feel like like I said like I chopped my femininity off was a hard thing for me to go through at that time you know and fast forward to now where I actually feel super sexy and like way better than like you know, I posted a picture the other day of me with long, like my thick, long hair next to a picture of me looking like how I, like a picture I took last week. So it looked mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. and I'm so much happier now and feel so much more myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just so disconnected from the hair now, Yeah. That, but I already was when I lost it. And I think that's the difference. Yeah. Um, but I think everybody, everybody has that, or I hope anyway, I guess not everybody, I can't assume, but for me as well, I had that transition where, like you're saying, I, I was able to live in the moment of what I was at the time. And I, there was a point when I didn't think I could accept it. You know, there was definitely a point where I was like, I can't ever look at myself and be like, that's a beautiful person. Like, you know, I definitely had those moments in my kind of journey, but like you're saying, I know what you mean. Like I I've, posted pictures more recently or when I was bald and thought, wow, I'm so much happier. But when you're in the middle of the struggle, you can't possibly imagine how you can get there. Right. It's like, it's just the process of the journey. (laughs) And I think too, you know, and I posted this also, um, I don't know, maybe a month ago or so just saying that, you know, if you're not happy with yourself with hair, then you're definitely not going to be happy with yourself without hair, but it's not, you know, the, it's not about your hair. It's about how you feel about yourself and the hair is not going to 
you know, make it any better or any worse necessarily. Like you got to work it out from the inside. Exactly. So I think I worded it much better on my Facebook. No, than I did, <laughs> but I think I got the point across. Yeah, it sounded great. But, you know, and I had a lot of stuff that I needed to work on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm grateful in a lot of ways for the fact that I was able to work on a lot of it before my hair fell out, because I think that that really did help for me to just be, to just kind of be able to accept it. Like, like we were saying before of it just being another thing that I'm going through mm-hmm. and it not having really anything to do with anything else, mm-hmm. you know, and not, and not really taking it personally, I guess you could say, right. uh, I am less than, or I am not beautiful or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be, to be dealing with all this stuff that affects my skin, you know, like, especially in the different communities that I'm in for like the alopecia community and then the, the community related to my cancer. And then I also have, um, dermatitis, which in 2019, um, at the time when I was losing my hair, my dermatitis was actually worse than my cancer. I couldn't even put clothes on. My skin was so bad. Like it was so irritated, even just like having a shirt like this and it shifting it would irritate my skin so much that I just couldn't even do it. Wow. So, you know, to be going through all of this stuff that is related to beauty mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm a PR <laughs> yeah, it's like what femininity is so linked to your hair, your soft skin, right? And yeah, exactly. And I've I as well had like rashes, like so I can relate to that as well, being bald, covered in rash, and thinking, what the hell, <laughs> you know, do I do now? Like losing your identity completely because you don't recognize yourself. And yeah, it is such an insane mental process. And I guess with that being said, it kind of segues nicely into my, a question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. How did it affect you mentally when you were in the heart of it? Well, like I said, you know, I think because I had had the opportunity, you know, like my story sort of, even though it started really in like, I guess, 20, 2008, in terms of seeing the first spot on my body and then leading to, you know, having the cancer, having the dermatitis, then taking this, you know, the, the reason I took that medication was because I had a four-year relationship in, and in engagement that had basically just ended and my health was getting worse and I just needed some relief. Like mm-hmm. I am dealing with this breakup. I was so, I was depressed in that, the, towards the end of that relationship. I was pretty depressed. Mm-hmm. My self-esteem was non-existent. And, um, so to go from that, and this was all before the hair started falling out. So in November, 2018, when I agreed to take that medication, um, I was just like, I need some relief. I need a quick fix. And so I reluctantly agreed to take that medication. So to go from that and then have, and then actually the the week after I I started taking the methotrexate, I started doing a personal development program. So I've really kind of, I wouldn't say immersed myself, but I've definitely been doing a lot of personal development over the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So I was already in that space of, working on myself, working on my self-esteem and all that when the hair started falling out. So like I said, because of that, I, I definitely feel like I was better equipped to be able to deal with it. So it's not that I didn't have 
moments. Of course I did, but I, I was already in the process of learning the tools to not stay in a funk and not, and, and disconnect from it. Like one of the things that we said in, in our, in the first personal development program that I had done was um, just talking about being a spiritual, you know, being like having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you really think about that, then this is just a shell and it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think just, like I said, having that sort of awareness at that point when the hair really started going and I had my graduation class of my personal development program. And I had just got my hair done big and red and poofy and my hair started falling out a week later. Wow. So it was really crazy to go from this high, high to like super lows. Mm -hmm. So that part was difficult. And, um, you know, I guess it just, it shows like the value in taking time for yourself hundred percent. Yeah. It's almost like it aligned for you in a sense that it happened just before. So you were kind of already building these tools. And I feel like that's such a good thing to stress to people. Start taking care of yourself, start putting that work into you. Right. So that, because you don't know what the future holds, you don't know what's around the corner. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, like I think, Well, it's like I was saying before too, to have all of this stuff that was affecting my body. And, you know, like I, um, I was bullied in, in high school and I had marks on my body at that time that probably were related to the dermatitis that I had had back then. I never got it checked out properly to know. Mm -hmm. And I was teased very severely for it in high school. Mm -hmm. And so that already had started the destruction of my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. from back then related to my skin. So then to fast forward and have like severe skin issues, you know, it's, it kind of brings back, it's almost like a little PTSD kind of, I'm, I'm sure. In some right? way. Yeah, yeah. In some ways. And, you know, I was in a relationship at that, at the time when I, when my cancer was officially diagnosed and, you know, it was difficult. He, um, I was never really self-conscious about it, but mm-hmm. his words kind of started to make me feel a little more self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. And that started eating away at my self-esteem even more at mm-hmm. that time as well. And this was all why I ended up, you know, jumping into the personal development program after. Yeah. So yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I can't even really answer your question because I'm in such a different mental space now that I almost don't even remember how it felt. Yeah. Right. Which is great. Like, you know, I know there were were a lot of hard days. Exactly. um, Do you feel at all, do you feel at all, um, like along the way they, they failed you, I guess, in terms of the medical side. And now I always say, when I say anything medical or about doctors or anything, I always say before that I love doctors. I love like the nurse, like I love the medical field. And when I say this, it's just because this this is our personal stories and what we've experienced, right? doesn't mean that it's the same for anybody. And I know like I have an amazing team of doctors now, wouldn't trade them for the world. But unfortunately in my experience, I did come across where I feel like I was failed, you know, in, in, in that aspect. And do you feel at all like you were failed in some ways in terms of absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely was yeah um I 
try not to focus on it because I don't want to focus on the anger that I have about it because that's not helpful for anybody. And, you know, as we know, stress and all of that can contribute to the hair loss. So Mm -hmm. I don't really want to go there, but I do tend to feel that if my doctor would have listened to me, if the doctor that I had at the time, when I agreed to take that medication, if she would have listened to me prior, like for months prior to me agreeing to take it, um, I feel like maybe I wouldn't have even needed to go on that medication and none of this would have happened. Mm -hmm. So yes. And there was, um, I had a doctor in 2014, um, that did a biopsy and told me I had dermatitis and sent me on my way. I never heard from him again. A year later, I had asked to see a different doctor because the spots on my body were changing and I just didn't, it just, you know, I Googled you, had that, you had those gut feelings. I try to stay away from Dr. Google, but at the mm-hmm. same time, sometimes you need it a little bit when you, like you said, when you have that gut feeling and you feel mm-hmm. like something's not right, then I think in those situations, it is helpful to at least get some more information. So when I asked to see a, a third doctor, um, he requested the previous test results from the other biopsies that I had had. And when I was in his office waiting for him to come in, I, this was the first time I'd personally seen the, the, the test. Mm-hmm. And yes, it did say dermatitis in the top paragraph, but there was a paragraph beneath that that said, could be an early sign of cutaneous T-cell lymphoma and more testing is recommended. And I never even heard from that doctor. You know, and this was a year later. This is why I advocate so much for people to print off their medical records. It seems yeah. ridiculous and they do charge you for it, but it's things like this. Cause I found too, where I found out I had an enlarged spleen that I didn't know of. Um, yeah. I found out I had microscopic colitis, which I didn't know about um, that were all written in these quote unquote notes that they don't yeah. tell you. And it's, and I can't believe that you yeah. had this written there. I mean, fortunately, when the doctor came in the room and he saw that, he explained to me that even if I had known, um, it probably wouldn't have mattered because it still was, that's when he explained that this is a slow progressing cancer. And even when I do a biopsy right now, it may still not even show up yet. Mm-hmm. So my past- But again, whose health is it, it anyway? Just- whose health yeah. is it anyway, though? Exactly. <laughs> right? So you deserve to know. And we would have been on the right track sooner. That's mm-hmm. that's the way that I feel about it. Like at least I would have been on the right track a year sooner, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and again, like so. Then when I went, when I started going to um, Women's College Hospital to do the UV light therapy, um, the doctor that I got basically assigned when I went there, she and I just really didn't see eye to eye. And I don't, you know, I've always been a person that does not like taking medications, and I just don't like putting steroid creams on my body. I've always been like that. So to go from that, to have to be on like a a ton of medications, putting steroid creams on my body every day was extremely difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't using my steroid creams every day. I just don't, you know, I just didn't want to do that to myself. And there was one day where I went to her and this was prior to taking the methotrexate. This was earlier that year. I went to her crying and said, please help me, bawling my eyes out. And her answer was, I don't know what to tell you, just use your steroid creams. There's that, and, there's that um, award-winning bedside manner again that we yeah. hear so often. <laughs> and, you know, 
And so this was like maybe six months or so before um, my ex and I broke up. And then that was like two months before I agreed to take the methotrexate. And, you know, like I said, I just feel like maybe if that conversation had gone differently, my path would have been different. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just never know. Yeah. You said you can't live in the woulda, shoulda, couldas, you know, you can't live in that because it would eat you alive. But, but it is unfortunately something that a lot of us like in this generation, like in our generation, I guess have gone through. And I do, I do see positive things being done now for people a lot sooner, which makes me happy. Um, but unfortunately there's a lot of these stories. And it's difficult and I don't want to see anybody else have to deal with that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And I think some people like in my Facebook group for my cancer, I get really fired up when people say stuff that their doctors told them that doesn't sound right to me. Mm-hmm. And I've had people in the group get mad at me and they think that I'm mad at that. I'm being, you know, short with them or, um, you know, harsh with them, but it has nothing to do with them. It just has to do with the fact that I feel like they're not getting the right information. And I it just, like I said, it just irks me so much that I, I don't know. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. me being a Virgo and I yeah. just <laughs> don't sugarcoat stuff. And I, yeah. you know, it just, it just really upsets me because I don't want to see anybody else go through that, go through that. Mm-hmm. And that's why like things like this podcast, like, that's why I love doing it so much because it is another platform for people like us to, to, to just talk about these things. And I feel like sometimes all someone needs is just to relate to something you know, because I know for me, when I lost all my hair, honestly, I never saw anyone else without hair, like yeah. a, a woman. Like I, I went, I went two years completely bald and never met another woman or seen another woman that was like in person. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, it's, I think we're lucky in, in that way where, you know, even though right, especially right now with COVID and we're all separated, but at the same time, we're lucky that we ha- that we have Instagram and Facebook and ways to connect with other people so we don't feel so alone. Because exactly. especially, you know, even a healthy person right now is having a hard time, but to be going through a health situation and then be isolated from people, it, it's that much harder. Mm-hmm. So- And when you're trying to get answers from doctors on, regu- in a re- on a regular basis, and now you're trying to do it over a Zoom call, you know, or a phone call, it's even harder, right? So it's- it's definitely challenging times, like a hundred percent for everyone. Yes. You know, but add in all these extras and it's, it's just a hot mess for a lot of yeah. people. <laughs> to the least. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you? I was going to ask you about, I guess in terms of the cancer or like in terms mm-hmm. of treatment, are you anywhere where they're, are they giving you anything for treatment so for that? Or to be honest, my, it's, my health is better now than it was in 2019. Um, and so at the moment I'm not doing any treatment. I'm not on any medications. I'm not doing anything. I'm supposed to be going for my UV light therapy. I don't really want to, cause it's in Toronto there. I know they're, you know, they're being safe. They're at, at women's college hospital. They're fantastic. Um, you know, they screen you when you come in and they're t- taking all the precautions and everything and, and all of that. But, um, you know, I just, so is, I this, know. is this type so, of skin cancer? Is it, um, it's not it, a skin cancer. It's sorry. It pre- sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Sorry. It manifests through the skin, but is it, is it something that, um, 
they, I guess there's like different like levels of, so like stages of cancer, like, are you in a certain stage? So the, the worst stage that I, there is like four stages of this cancer. Um, the, the worst stage that I got to was in 2019, I was a stage two B and all my lymph nodes were flared up off the hook. Crazy. Like it was insane. I had a lymph node in my groin area. I named them to kind of keep track of how big they all were. So I named this one Marvin the Martian. And it was like, it was like this and it was poked out of my groin, like you could see it through my pants and stuff. Like it was big. Um, and at that time too, I was just dealing with, like I said, the dermatitis was, um, was so bad that I was having trouble even getting dressed. And, um, you know, so at that time, like I said, it was a two B and the two, um, well, the B just means that your lymph nodes are inflamed, but the cancer is not actually in your lymph nodes. So when we did the test okay. and everything, yeah. So they tested Marvin, my groin mm. lymph. <laughs> um, there was no cancer in the lymph nodes. Um, and, you know, I did a few things actually in March of 2019, right at that time. Um, one was I started to drink um, a higher alkaline water, which uh, so my Kangen water. Oh, there you go. Okay. It's called Kangen. Kangen. It's really Kangen because it's Japanese, but I always think water. Okay. So I started to drink that. And, um, so it's a 9.5 pH that I drink on a regular basis. And then you can do like an 11.5, just sort of a boost to give yourself a really high alkaline boost. Mm -hmm. And I've actually been using, cause it's a machine. Um, I've been using it because it can make a 2.5 acid level pH. And just because I have, you know, the spots and the eczema and everything on my hands, I can't, use hand sanitizer all the time, mm-hmm. especially if I had cracks in my hands and it would burn. So I used the machine to make a 2.5 acid level pH that I use to clean everything. Um, so anyways, like I was saying, I started drinking that water in March of 2019, changed my diet, went almost, almost totally vegan. Um, and also started. So I guess, to- sorry, cause like, sorry to interrupt oh. you, but I guess, cause in my ignorance, cause I don't know about this type of cancer, but most people would hear cancer and they'd think, okay, this person's like diving into chemo or they're, you know, being pumped with drugs. So how is it that you're, you know, this is a weird cancer to be honest with you. Um, I know somebody, there's a a guy that we've become friends just because we have a bunch of mutual friends. We didn't know each other before, but which is funny because we actually have um, probably crossed paths many times just because he does events and I do PR. Um, but we actually connected because he also has this type of cancer. His has been much more severe than mine. And he did need, he did need chemo. He's done radiation. He was in the hospital for four months and had to basically learn how to walk again. Um, and, you know, knock on, knock on wood, like I've never gotten to a stage where it's been that severe. So, you know, the first line of treatment for my type of cancer, it's even you know, even though it's a cancer, it's treated more like a skin condition, even though it's not actually in your skin, which is like, it's so confusing. Wow. Basically, it's the, the cancerous T, T cells migrate to the surface of the skin and cause itchy red patches. Um, so because of that, the UV light therapy and steroid creams are kind of like the first level of treatment. And then if that doesn't work, then they start going in other directions. Um, so, so you've like been, I, you've been maintaining it essentially, and it's been staying at that, 
that one level. So that's why they don't proceed. Um, for now, like I said, it did get worse, um, but it was, you know, and that's why I was saying about some of the stuff that I, that I did that kind of brought it back because, you know, sometimes some of the stuff is not really explained and, you know, doctors, they don't necessarily have the questions when you talk about natural stuff, but I started taking glutathione at the same time as drinking the, uh, which is a supplement at the same time as drinking the, the alkaline water and changing my diet and all my lymph nodes and everything, it kind of all resolved. And the doctors really had no explanation for it. Like I was, I was certain my cancer had spread because I was so sick at that time. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I can't say like chemo is not the first go-to for this type of cancer. People right. have, some people I think, have had. I think that's a pretty big misconception. You know, people hear cancer and they just assume, you know, that this person's yeah. going to be rushed into, you know, chemo and that's not the case. You know, there's a no. lot of situations. Yeah. No. Um, you know, I think. You know, I think when, it, you know, a girlfriend of mine had, uh, has had breast cancer and, you know, it's actually her that said this. And I, I, I kind of actually really appreciate it because I, you know, I have said like stuff about, oh, you know, about a scary cancer and certain cancers are like, uh, you know, a former client of mine actually is in surgery today for colon, uh, colon cancer, you know, and then when you hear colon cancer, you're like, that's, that's a super scary cancer, but it, it was kind of. Like I appreciated that my girlfriend who had um, had breast cancer was actually the one that said, you know, all cancers are scary. Like there's no such thing as a good cancer. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have, especially early on, and especially I think because of the way that my ex sort of responded to my diagnosis and stuff and never even wanted to say the C word, I think I was almost ashamed mm -hmm. in a lot of ways to even say that I had cancer because of of what you kind of just said is everybody just sort of thinks, oh, cancer. And it's like a, almost like a death sentence and you're rushed into chemo and yeah. it's like my story. And so I almost didn't even want to tell anybody. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're, we're in a lot of cases, people want to help by telling you how much worse things can be. Do you know what I mean? And, and when yeah. they do that, I think I, my, my last guest, Kelsey Ramsden, we talked a little bit about this, how like, people are always like, well, it could be worse. It could be this, it could be this. And it almost makes you feel, you know, sometimes I think as the person going through it, like, oh, I, I, oh yeah, I should be grateful. Like I shouldn't be this upset. You know, I, I, why am I like this? Like I'm selfish. Like I should be focusing on the fact that I am not as bad as, you know, that, that lady or that man, you know, and that's, that can be very destructive. I think for somebody can, who's, I, yeah. I think, you know, look, it can be helpful. I had this conversation with people in the alopecia group on Facebook because there was like a, this was a couple months ago. There was a new member. She was asking a bunch of questions, how people deal with it, the alopecia. And a lot of people commented and said, well, at least you're not, at least it's not cancer. At least it's not chemo. And, mm -hmm. and I kind of chimed in and I was like, look, I'm not taking what you're saying personally, but I don't have that story. I do have cancer. No, I didn't have chemo, but I did get alopecia as a result of stuff that I was going through because of my cancer. So, you know, it's, you know, I was like, you know, you kind of got to be careful with your words because, yeah. you know, fortunately, I don't, like I said, I didn't take that personally, but there is going to be that someone out there who's, who's really struggling, you know, who, who might take that personally. And I think those are the people we have to uh, fight for, because I'm like you, I'm, I'm, I've always been pretty resilient. And even though, yes, that doesn't mean I didn't have really horrible times, you know, mentally and physically, but 
I was capable of soldiering through. And not to say that people that can't do that are weak by no means, because they're here to still tell their story. It's just yeah. they 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 deal with it in a much different way and the journey might be a little longer and we just need to be sensitive and considerate of those people, right? And their journeys. And, because it's yeah. all important. It's mm -hmm. all important. And I think, you know, I, 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 like I said, I mean, if, if, if you have alopecia, you don't have cancer and feeling grateful that it's not cancer is what helps you get through, I support that. I am mm -hmm. okay with that. But I just wanted people to be aware that there are people in that group that do have cancer. So when they're saying it, that there's, a, they're not just saying it directly to that person, they're on a thread where other people are seeing it and not everybody is going to feel the same way as I do. Yeah. So that's and I, really and I, I talked to Kelsey, my last guest as well too. And it was like, it almost like devalues that person who is having, like you're putting them at the bottom of some list like, oh, you're the worst. Sorry. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. It just, that kind of, that kind of always rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, well, what if, well, what if it was cancer? Like, what about someone who does have cancer? Like, it's almost like you're writing them off or you're not giving them a chance and you're putting them at the bottom of a list. Like, sorry, you know, you're the worst case scenario. How, yeah. ter how terrible, like, is that, you know? Yeah. It's just, and it's like what you were saying before, you know, like you just never know, like, it might not be cancer today, but you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like tomorrow you might get diagnosed with cancer. So if, if saying it's not cancer is what's getting you through. And then a year from now you get diagnosed with cancer, then what? Yeah. So, you know, you got to really be, choose your words carefully too. Cause I also really believe, especially, you know, going through all this personal development stuff and really believing in the universe and what you put out is what you get back. Mm -hmm. You got to be careful about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have made, have made those mistakes, said something, you know, weren't really thinking because when you're, you're not living or you're not in the heart of it, it it's easy to do those things. So I, I don't want to come down on people too harshly, like if they accidentally, if they said something, but I guess that's why things like this are important in these kinds of conversations, because it opens up that narrative for people to think, oh, wait, maybe I have said something like that. Or when a conversation comes up in, in, in with them now, they might actually think about it, you know, oh, wait a minute you know, before they say yeah. it. And it's just that little change. Yeah. And that's why I say like, you know, I, I think all the feelings are important and mm -hmm. everybody's journey is important. And, you know, like I said, I mean, if we were having this conversation two years ago, when I was going through it, it would be a way to, it would be a completely different conversation, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, it's only, like I said, because of all the growth that I've gone through since then, that I almost don't even remember how I was feeling in those times. Like I almost, to be honest with you, I almost wish that I would have gone back and looked through my, my Instagram posts that I, because of the videos that I made at that time. So I could remember how I was feeling, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I actually wish that I would have documented some of that a little bit more because that really was my intent when I had started my, um, you know, like I had my PR Instagram, but when I started the one that was really about my health, it was my intent to document everything. But when I was going through the hardest days, the last thing I wanted to do was be on camera, especially when my face was totally like, I mean, my entire skin, right at the time when I lost all my hairs, um, my entire skin was peeling. Like it looked like I had gotten a really bad sun, like sunburn and my skin was peeling off, but it was my entire scalp, my entire face was peeling. And, you know, 
So yeah, who's gonna? I know who's gonna be like. I think I'm gonna go on Instagram. <laughs> there are some that do, but you know, I did post some pictures and I took pictures because, like I said, I did want to document it. But being able to talk, you know, I think I felt at that time I felt a responsibility to always sort of have like a moral of the story at the end of a Instagram post, a video. And I, I didn't have that because I was in the thick of it. Right. And I think, you know, I, I think I was just judging myself and wanting it to be a certain way and not knowing how to do it that way. So I just didn't do it at all. And now sort of looking back, realizing that that's not really what it was about. Um, but, you sometimes, know, sometimes we just mentally tap out, you know, and I think it's just as important yeah. to take a break and step back as it is to jump in. Right. So it's a balance, a, a balancing act of jumping in and then stepping back and absolutely, you know, anybody that doesn't appreciate that obviously isn't a good part of your life anyway, probably. So <laughs> you can weed them yeah. out then. <laughs> I think, you know, and I, I do, you know, I do feel like that's one of the things um, again, that I'm kind of grateful for, you know, my ex was not a good support system for me and I don't think he could have handled me losing my hair. Um, so I'm glad that that relationship ended long before my, my hair started falling out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, and also, you know, certain friends, certain friends have really stepped up for me and others are not my friends anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for all of it because I think, you know, when you go through, situations like this and stuff with your health, especially it really shows you who's in your corner and you need that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and just even like them appreciating the space that you might need as well. Right. Cause it's, yeah. it's not always them being there every day, but it's just like the ways that they show up for you. Like you're saying, right. Like you can have friends, like I have friends that live, you know, hours and hours away from me and, you know, different countries, but they consistently show up for me when I really need it. And that's what matters most, you know? And if people are like, when I was in the worst of it, if I had people getting mad at me for not like giving them enough attention, you know, it's just like, I'm suffering here, you know, I don't have time for you. And I think that's a good quality just to recognize even in the people in your life, you know, and what they might be going through. And that's why it's important to express yourself as well. Because if your family and friends don't know where you are, mentally, physically, you know, all those things, um, you can't expect them to, it sounds kind of harsh, but like, you can't expect them to step up the way they need to, if they don't know what's And that was the thing I didn't realize, actually, because I never realized that when my ex and I were together, I wasn't sharing everything with my family. So when we broke up, and I need, and I was, my mom and my sister and I went, um, this was actually the week before he he broke up with me. My mom, my sister, and I went to Punta Cana together and being with them for a week, I didn't realize this was the first time they'd been around me that much mm-hmm. and they didn't know certain things. And I was like surprised, but it was, I wasn't sharing and I didn't, yeah. it never occurred to me. Yeah. So see, I didn't share either because I thought I was like sparing them 
right? Like I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to spare them these feel, these horrible feelings. Like I can carry this because I'm that type of person, but they can't carry this stuff. And I don't want to put them on them. I don't want to burden them. You know, and that's kind of where I was at until I eventually realized when I hit a breaking point that this isn't serving anybody. It's not serving me. It's not serving them because now they're just like going about life. And I'm feeling a little lost. Like, like it's, it's not a thing anymore, but then I realized, you know, I have to be honest and truthful. And that's when things really got better and changed when I was honest. And I realized that too, even um, I was having a conversation with my sister not that long ago, like a few months ago. And was like, you know, people just don't get what I'm going through. And she's like, well, have you told them? And I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sometimes we can put a little bit of the fault on ourselves, right? Just a little bit. Like, I'm such a, you know, I'm such a, a talker that I just assumed everybody knows everything. And then I realized that actually they don't. So, yeah. Cause I think too, I think you're kind of like me too, where we just want to, we want to keep that happiness, that joy, you know, and, and sometimes it's to our own detriment because we're covering other feelings by exuding this, like, I'm still happy. I'm still cheery and making jokes, but you yeah. know, like, and that's a definitely how I, how I covered it. And that's, I think that's how I covered a lot of things in my lifetime was just, I kind of felt like I was funny and made my friends laugh, you know, and that was kind of my way of uh, sh- like, everything's okay. You know, I'm fine. Like I'm going to be comedic and funny. And, and that kind of helps me get away with things. But uh, yeah, when, when I was honest, honesty is the best policy, as they say. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, being a publicist and, and knowing how to, sort of work that side of things and knowing that perception is not reality it was like at the same time as a human going through a health sort of crisis I forgot that the persona that I had put out there was not actually the reality and so that's why nobody knew what was happening because I was still portraying this certain thing that was didn't really exist anymore right in a lot of ways so and I didn't want people to know Mm -hmm. You know, especially in the entertainment industry, I've spent a long time kind of hiding certain things because I didn't want them to think that I'm not still doing PR. So then when I started posting stuff and I had lost a ton of weight, um, because again, in 2019, when I was just in the worst of it, everything that I ate, even things that I thought were healthy, my skin was so itchy. I wanted to rip it off my body. And I wasn't eating and I went, you know, I'm five, nine and maybe a little change and my normal, like my, I'm probably, I'm just under one. I think when I weighed myself yesterday, I was 157. I dropped down to 128. I wasn't even that I was in my, in high school, I was like in the one forties. I've never weighed 128 as a grown person. Mm So, um, I was a too thick and then everybody saw the bald head. So that's when they really thought that I had cancer and was doing chemo because that's typically how people look when they're doing that. So Mm. everybody freaked out. So I really didn't handle my own PR very well, (laughs) but, um, you know, I've, I've definitely felt a lot better about just being able to share everything with everybody. I never really meant to keep it a secret. I just, just, again, when I was going through the of it. I didn't really know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people I talk to too, with, with any illness really, um, or with a lot of different illnesses, especially when it comes to things like alopecia, it's 
yeah. we, we all seem to kind of go through this hiding phase where we're trying, like, where it's just a few patches here and there. And we're like, I can hide this. You know, there's like this sneaky hiding phase. We all go, where most of us go through, we're trying to yeah. hide it. And, but then it's like, it's so freeing when you just say, forget it. And when I, for me anyway, again, don't want to assume for anybody else, but for me, yeah. finally, when I was just like, listen, I'm bald and I'm wearing wigs, you know, it was just like freedom after that. And it, for me, like, I felt just, yeah. Free. You know, I had a little, again, I had a little bit of a different story because the eczema was so severe on my scalp. I couldn't even dream of wearing a wig. Mm-hmm. It was so itchy. Like I couldn't, I could barely put a scarf on my head for two seconds without ripping it off because it was so itchy. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, the only wigs I bought were like fun Halloween wigs. Um, and I don't even wear them anyways, but mm-hmm. I've worn them. I bought, I've worn, I bought a pink one I wore once for Halloween and I bought a red one that actually looks very similar to how my hair used to look that I also wore once, you Mm -hmm. know, I just, so I, I, I never really had that part of it, that, that hiding phase because I, I didn't have a choice Mm -hmm. really because I couldn't wear this. I couldn't wear a wig. My stepfather offered to buy me a wig and I was like, I can't, I can't. What's the point? Like, I'm going to, ha- I'm going to rip it off my head because my head was so itchy. You kind of had to face the, the situation you were in. Right. And, and find, yeah. and, and I find, think- I guess the most positive outcome, knowing that this was what you were going through at the time. Yeah. And I think that's almost, you know, as I was seeing my own stuff, I felt like, you know, there should always be a moral of the story. I almost mm-hmm. feel like in a lot of ways that is, mm-hmm. you know, like, to just deal with it the best way that you can mm-hmm. as you're going through it and know that like when you think people are looking at you they're not usually looking at you for the reasons that you think right you know and when we're all feeling self you know like insecure and like oh is that guy like my first time walking around with not with no scarf on my head nothing was um in the dominican uh in december of 2019 and um, it was really fantastic, actually, because, you know, they have like the, the ladies that walk up and down the beach and they, you know, sell like, you know, the guys are there selling right. stuff. Yes. The women, they have the hair braiders and the massagers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I walked out, I had a scarf on my head. I'm walking out to the beach. My, I had just got there. And the, and the, la- the ladies were right there. They're waiting for you to take that one step off, the, off of the resort yeah. property so they can ask you, right? Mm-hmm. So I take that step out and they're like, oh, lady, braid your hair. And I pulled the scarf off. I was like, nope, I don't have any hair. Uh, so it was actually kind of awesome that yeah. I had that moment of like, cause I was sort of feeling like, okay, well, how, like, and I'm not an insecure person, but still to have that first moment of being totally bald on the beach, I didn't really know how I was going to feel about it or how it would go. Mm-hmm. So to have it go that way was so perfect. It is. It's so ironic because for me too, at one point being bald was like the worst, like it was the worst fear. Yeah. And I was like, I can't even imagine this or like, like doing this. And then when it happened and I shaved my head, like my husband, like shaved my head. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, like I did it and I felt so free and I felt like I can do this. And it it did the opposite of what I thought it was going to do. You know, I thought I was walking into my worst nightmare and it was going to be horrible and it was the complete opposite. So I think taking those risks, you know, with, with that kind of stuff, it's almost like it can be so beneficial to your, Absolutely. you know, your process. And I guess I was going to ask you, and this kind of yeah. goes into that, what we're already talking about, but I was going to just ask you if you have any advice for others, um, 
you know, to kind of end on a positive note Absolutely. Um, that they can take from this or like from your experience with the alopecia, yeah. with the cancer and the skin and all that, like, do you have so, advice for someone? In, and I mean, it, it can help anybody, you know, but any yeah. advice? Well, you know, I'm going to use some of the, some of the personal development, self-improvement type of teachings that I've learned. One is um, Tony Robbins says, um, life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. And, you know, the person that I am, I wouldn't be this person if I didn't go through all the stuff that I went through. So I have to be grateful for all of it because I probably would still be that insecure, you know, just living in a, in a totally like living in my head all the time, feeling unworthy had I not had the breakup that I had and sent me down this path of, you know, really, really just sort of hitting rock bottom and feeling like, okay, there's, there's a better way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like sometimes you, you know, you don't always, you're not always going to feel that way, but, um, and there's another, um, personal development, um, person named Ed Milet. And he says, uh, your mess can be your message. So I think really those are the things to think about is, you know, and that's what I'm doing now, right? Like, and that's what you're doing. That's it with this podcast mm -hmm. and is just, you know, taking what we've been through and using it to help others. So our mess is our message now. And the same thing with, like I said, with Tony Robbins is like, you're, you know, and your, your worst day can actually be your best day. You know, it's hard to feel that way in the moment, exactly. but it's like I said, you wouldn't be the person that you are. Like, I didn't think, I honestly didn't think that I had the strength that I found having to go through all of this. I didn't know that I was that strong. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that I could sit here bald. I didn't think that I could, I, I didn't, I never thought that I could be this person, honestly. Right. I didn't, and, and still be happy and confident. Be happier right? than I was before. Yeah, exactly. Not even just be happy, but be happier than I was because I was hiding under all that hair. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I knew I was doing it, but you know, you can only fool yourself for so long. Mm -hmm. So I knew, but I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But like I said, when I look at those pictures of myself now, I, I see it. Mm -hmm. I see that I was, that I was hiding mm -hmm. how crappy I felt about myself. Exactly. I felt the same. Just, you know, I realized how insecure I was. And it's funny because it probably didn't resonate to people. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe they did think I was insecure, but I don't think a lot of people thought I was very insecure because I was a little louder and talkative and social. So I think I seemed like I had it all together, but just like us all, you know, those insecurities are there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just it. You know, I know it's hard when you're going through it. I think, you know, I think, I think it's just a human natural thing to want to try not to have other people worry about you and not to ask for help. But the truth of the matter is you need it, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't have to do it alone because people love you and they want to help you. Mm -hmm. We're so, surrounded by these beautiful, wonderful people who love us and support us for a reason, right? They're, they're there for yeah. us. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes people that you wouldn't even expect will step up for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, give that them the That is so true. Yeah. So Elise, where can people um, connect with you if they're just kind of interested in hearing more about your story and, and all the things that you're doing? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on Instagram, it's a new at a new lease on life. A N E W L Y S E L Y F E. No, I screwed that up. <laughs> Edit. A, yeah. yeah. New lease on life. A N E W L Y S E O N L Y F E. A new lease on life. And then the same spelling. I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. And actually, I've just recently become a certified life coach. So if you want oh. more information, on that if I can help people with their journeys just you know obviously with everything that I've gone through with mine um so uh you can reach me on again a new lease on life on Instagram and uh yeah that's amazing and it's funny because we didn't really like talk about much of that stuff like when we connected like I just went on the alopecia page and I was like anybody want to come on the podcast and I like didn't even ask like what people did (laughs) I was just like let's do this (laughs) I did mention it a few times that I do PR so I do entertainment industry PR and I've done that for since 2004 um and I still do do that like I had said you know I didn't want people to think that I wasn't doing PR anymore especially in the entertainment industry when it's so you know, out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really just felt pulled, obviously, to do other stuff, like really what with what we were talking about earlier regarding um, doctors and stuff that we went through with just having, you know, issues, I guess you could say. Yeah. With, mm-hmm. problems, problems progressing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I just felt like I needed to start this other page. So my PR page is at on the fly PR. Uh, O-N-T-H-E-F-L-Y-P-R. Um, but I try to keep my health stuff separate and do that on a new lease on life. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and hopefully I get around to it and edit it. We're getting a new puppy um, in like five days. And I want to see pictures. Yeah. It's a Portuguese water dog. And I'm, I'm obsessed with dogs. Yeah. I have serious puppy fever. Yeah. So I'm just like so excited, but I'm like, Am I going to be able to do anything else for like a month? Yeah, not. No. <laughs> exactly. It's like getting a new baby. So hopefully I get around yeah. to get it out and everything goes good. But again, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Have a great I night. Appreciate it. You too. Thank yeah. you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>